Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you enjoyed that uh, time of worship and testimonies. You know, God is doing something phenomenal with our church. He is doing so- every week, my goodness, almost every day. We are so blessed to hear that this supernatural God, this big God, this God who holds the universe in the palm of his hands, this God who flings stars in the sky, who knows each star by name, will come into your life, will come into my little life and fix the little things. So today the title of my message is Skilled Perception. So Jesus typically has two types of followers. When Jesus had a ministry on the earth, he typically had two types of followers. One was the multitudes of people that followed him, right? Which which is a mixed multitude. There were there were you know uh, uh, people who were who, who you know were not Jews, people who were Jews, people who were Pharisees, scribes, all of the the people who want to trap him, the people who want to love him, the people who want to serve him. Everybody was in that massive big multitude who was hungry and he had to feed them and all that kind of stuff. And then you had another group of people that followed Jesus. They were his disciples. So the difference between these two groups of people is one group of people, which is the multitude, followed Jesus because they wanted something from him, which was a larger group of people. That's where everybody does, goes after Jesus. They go after God. Everybody does the same things because they want something from God. They want a touch from God. They want a healing. They want ministry time. They want, you know, all the prophetic word. Give me, give me, give me, me. Me is the focus of God. God's existence is about me. And then there's the other group of people that followed Jesus because they wanted to be him. They didn't want to only get something from him. They wanted to be Christ on the earth. And this is really where we position ourselves today. We're at the, at the crossroads of a decision. And that, and that crossroads is this. What kind of a follower of Jesus are you? What kind of a follower of Jesus are you today? Are you the one who comes to church and who comes on life experience because you want to hear a prophetic word, you want to hear the testimonies, or you want to hear good music, uh, which sometimes is really awesome, uh, and, 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 or you want to really be like Him. See, it's one thing to, to go after God because you're hungry for a fish, but it's a totally another thing to go after God to be taught how to fish. So you have to make a decision today as you're listening to the word. What kind of a follower are you? What kind of a disciple are you? What kind of a son are you? Because God is only interested in transforming you into the image and likeness of his son. Not just a follower, not just a disciple, not just a servant, but a son. And so the transformation that we experience when we experience the word of God, the transformation that we we look forward to is not just miracle signs and wonders because that's the byproduct of your transformation into the image and likeness of the son. Because it's the son who knows how to fish for eternity. It's the son who knows how to do miracle signs and wonders for eternity. It's the son who knows that I don't have a church service right now in order for me to perform a miracle. I don't have the pastor right now for me to perform a miracle. I don't have prophets right now to come and prophesy over me. I'm a son right now standing before God full in, the, in, righteous, in, full in righteous 
garments before God in the image and likeness of Jesus as Christ communicating to God and communicating to the earth to be a solution provider to the world. See, because that's really where we're at. What are you, why are we doing what we're doing right now? Is it, is it only because our parents did it? Is it only because they, they directed us in the way we should go and so now we have absolutely no personal intention on the inside of our heart to be a follower of Jesus, to be a son of God. See, because at the end of the day, we've got to understand that our ability to understand what is happening today from the word of God depends on the intention of your heart while you're listening. See, because if your intention is not to be Christ, then you're just listening to another message because you're going to get something out of it. Because you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, you need a sign and wonder, you need something to happen. But if the intention of your heart while you're listening to the word of God is every single word is a living being that is coming to me. It's a living frequency that is coming to me. It's a living energy that is coming to me that comes with a yes and amen already attached to it so that it can perform what it is sent to do. See, we don't have church just because we think it's a cool thing to do. There are cooler things to do according to the terminology of man. There are cooler things. Maybe a desert drive or, you know, spend time with the family or, you know, have a barbecue or do all these kind of things. Hang out, watch movies. According to the flesh, these are cooler things to do. But as the season is changing in the UAE and it's getting a little hotter, what, what, what are your intentions while you are in church today? What is your intention while you're listening to this message? What is your intention while you come to church? What is your intention every single day as you wake up? What is your intention when you're in life group? Because I believe that your intention determines the measure of your understanding. And the measure of how much you understand determines how Christ-like you will be. Because God is not looking for how many miracles have happened in your life. God is not looking to see how many people you healed, how much food you multiplied, how much business you made, how much money you made out of that business, how many children you had and what happened to those children. Are they married? Are they happily married? God's not interested in that kind of stuff. Although it's a byproduct, it's natural, it should happen. But it's not the focus of Him sending you to the earth in bodily form. The focus of God is to have many sons. He sent his son so that he could have many sons. See, the, the intention of our heart really is the perception that we, go, that we view life through. We wake up every single day and we go through monotonous things. We go through a monotonous schedule of our subconscious dictating to us how we should do our things. That do you wake up consciously deciding how to brush your teeth? Like, just think about this now. When you wake up in the morning and you go to the bathroom to get ready, look at the pattern as how you do things. You will brush your teeth, then you wash your face, then you go to the bathroom, then you'll have a shower, then you wipe yourself in a certain method, then you come out, then you wear your clothes a certain way, you iron your clothes a certain way. You're not thinking through these processes. They are subconscious. Your subconscious is leading a majority of your life 
and God is saying, hold on a minute, subconscious is not my son. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ, you are the Christ on the earth. You're carrying the spirit of Christ on the inside of you and you've got to understand that every single moment of the day, you've got to have an intention to be Christ-like. See, I'm not saying this because I'm a pastor and this is, this is what I do for a living. I don't do this for a living. I live because He gives me life. But you must understand, I've, I've come into a position and I want to encourage everybody in our church to come into this position that every single waking moment, you're going to be accountable to God for your actions and what you're, going to, what you're saying and what the intention of your heart is saying. But if your perception of your heart is that, 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 that your subconscious rules your entire day, then what are you presenting to God as fruit? Because what you present to God, He rewards you according to that. If you present to God Christ, then He gives you more of Christ. And so this is something that I want to encourage you to understand, church. Either we say that this is too much for us. I, I, I have my life to lead, you know, I, I have a wife to feed and children and dogs and all cats and I have a business to run and John, I can't do this church stuff. I'm not asking you to do church stuff. I'm asking you to be Christ. <laughs> I'm not just asking you to attend meetings. I'm asking you to have an encounter with Jesus. I'm asking you create a, a possible environment in your home for your children to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus. Is that too hard to ask? Because see, if selfish motives are the intention of your heart to being a Christian, you're not really a Christian, are you? You're still an ego man. But if you're in the intention of your heart is to become Christ, then you don't exist, but only Christ exists. Every single, from the time you wake up in the morning, Christ has woken up. Christ is the one who's brushing his teeth. Christ is the one who's having a shower. Christ is the one who enjoys the coffee, especially atmosphere coffee. And then Christ is the one who has breakfast. Christ is the one who goes to work. Christ is the one who comes and loves on his bride at home. Christ is the one who loves on all the children in the family. Come on now. Christ is the one who, who is constantly manifesting the Father to all of creation. See, the intention of our heart is very important, church. Jesus says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What is the intention of your heart? Are you just going through life without hope? What is hope? What are you hoping to have? What are you hoping to become? People say, have hope, brother, have hope. Have hope for what? If your hope is not to be Christ, then your hope is futile. If you're hoping for a miracle, guess who gives you the miracle? It is the word that gives you the miracle. If you want an increase in your salary and you're hoping to have an increase in your salary, guess where that comes from? It comes from your heart. It doesn't really come from your boss. It's the intention of your heart that is transformed by the word that really creates this aura and atmosphere around you that convinces people who are not Christ-like to give Christ what he deserves. If your heart attitude is someone who is hungry for a fish, then God will give you a fish, but you will come back to him hungry for more fish. But if your heart attitude and the intention of your heart is that you become a fisher of men. 
You become a fisher. He teaches you how to fish. You'll never stay hungry. So we must understand that the intention of our hearts really position us to experience an increase of Christ every single day. You go to sleep believing in your mind that tomorrow I'm going to be better than I was today. All I want to do is not become a better person in terms of my behavior. I want to be a better version of Christ on the earth. This should be the intention of our heart. Otherwise, ladies and gentlemen, why should God keep us alive? God has hope, such hope in Christ manifesting through your life that he patiently endures your flesh. And so Jesus now is having this discussion with his disciples in Matthew chapter 13 and he drops the parable of all parables to them. It's the parable of the sower and I'm not going to teach you the parable of the sower because there's something absolutely beautiful between the parable and the explanation of the parable. He does another teaching in between that and I I really want to present something that will really change our lives today. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus drops this parable and he says, if you get this parable, you'll understand everything that I'm saying. You'll understand every parable that I've said. He makes this statement at the end of the parable when he's teaching the parable and he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Hello. If you have ears to hear, Are you already hearing? But he's communicating about another hearing. I'm going to teach you now. Now we're going to get into some really mystical stuff. And it's going to be really awesome. Okay. Let's pick up the story uh, in Matthew 13 and verse 10. Okay. And the disciples came to Jesus and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Okay. Now, he said, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Hello. Okay. Why do you teach them in parables? But they're listening to the parable. You see, but Jesus doesn't answer the people. He answers the disciples. He says, I'm teaching them parables, but to you it's not a parable. Yeah, I'm, I'm teaching you the mysteries of the kingdom. God has, has ordained for you because of the intention of your heart. God has ordained for you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Now, I love mysteries. I love mysteries and I really believe that God is leading us to, um, to do a, a program uh, called Progressive uh, Mystics. Okay, uh, we're developing the the, the material for it, uh, and I really believe that it's going to be sort of a school, maybe a week long, uh, very intensive school, uh, and, and we'll go through it maybe in the in, either in the mid or end of summer. Uh, and I really believe that if you have a heart, uh, love for the mystical side of God, the mysteries of the kingdom of God, uh, then you better sign up for it. We'll 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 give you more information later, uh, but it's going to be a school. It's very intense. Uh, school and uh, we're going. I'm going to. We're going to go through what it means to be a mystic. Uh, and and see, you must understand that the Middle East uh, has a unique DNA of of the mystical. 
the mysteries of the kingdom of God. God chose the Middle East to really release his son uh, into the world. You must understand this region carries a DNA of mysteries. And God has given these mysteries for you. And if you don't have a heart for the mysteries of the kingdom of God, what are we doing? We've got to understand why are we here in the Middle East and what is our purpose. And so I really believe that we're going to, we're going to have a, uh, a side. This is going to be a private group uh, and it's going to be a sort of a private school. Uh, and it's going to be awesome because we're going to get into some deep stuff. And so this message is sort of like a, a starter kind of, you know, it's my first message of the program. Uh, and so if you have a heart for this stuff, uh, then just stay tuned because you're going to hear some good stuff coming out of this, out of this house. Okay. Amen. So he said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries. He didn't say for you to uh, search for the mysteries. For you to know. That word know means have first-hand knowledge of or experience of the mysteries. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Church. He is not saying go to the pastor to find out the mysteries. He's saying God has ordained. He has, he, because it has been given, given to you a grace gift. Given to you to know, have first-hand experience of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Do you know how much he loves you? How much he wants you to be like Jesus? Like Christ? He wants you. All the question marks that the world has, you have the answers for them. You should have the answers for them. What people don't understand, what is this guy on, man? Dude, I get it. I get what he's on. In fact, I'm on the same thing he's on. We're all drinking the same juice, brother. We're drinking the same water. We're breathing the same air. It's called the air of heaven. We live in the same zone. We're not questioning this. Hello? We don't have question marks about what, what John is saying right now. We totally get it. This is our, this is our vibe here. If you don't get it, then you need to know where your intention, where your heart is. So God has ordained. He has given it to you to have first-hand experience of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to them, it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, hello, even what he has will be taken away from him. Okay, Jesus, you just were doing fine now up until this moment and then you just suddenly dropped a mystery. But I know it's for me and I get it. I get it. I receive it by faith. Just say it. I receive it. I receive this. Even though I don't fully understand, I receive it right now. So I'm going to help you understand this mystery. He says, for whoever has, more will be given. Whoever has what? Has Christ. Whoever has received the word has manifested Christ. He has, when you receive the word, you apply this word. You have the intention now to receive the word and apply it. You don't just receive the word because, ah, shucks man, I need more word in my life. Baba, you don't need more word in your life. Whatever you have, you've got to apply it in your life. So he's saying, for whoever has Christ, so the one who receives the word, who applies it and begins, begins to manifest Christ, is the one to whom he gives more Christ. And when he gives you more Christ, he requires abundance from you. 
Okay? So he gives you and you will have abundance. Now when we think abundance, we're thinking money. Huh? So now we have to decide in our heart. Do we want money or do we want Christ? Because to Christ, now listen to this. When Christ came in the flesh, okay? Wise men, kings came to him with offerings. So which means when you begin to manifest Christ, it begins to attract. You begin to release the Christ energy. It begins to attract people who come to you. Businesses will come to you and begin to give you offerings. Why do people give offerings in the church? It's because they recognize Christ. Not a legal requirement. Not a law requirement. We give according to the measure of Christ that we experience. He's saying this. So to whoever, but whoever does not have does not have what? Does not manifest Christ. Does not reveal Christ. Even what he has will be taken away from him. Wow. So which means the person who receives the word, who doesn't apply it in his life, God will look for in a season, he will come and he will look for Christ. If he doesn't find Christ, and if he finds the seed in you, whatever seed he has given you, he takes it back. So, but to whoever does not have, whatever he has will be taken from him. Verse 13 says this, Therefore I speak to them, speak to them in parables, because, listen to this now, seeing they do not see. Wow, the two types of seeing. And hearing they do not hear. Two types of hearing. Nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand. Ah, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have, they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. There's a lot of hearing and seeing happening here. And it's awesome because there's a, there's a mystery in this. Everything that Jesus says is a mystery is dimensional and you must understand what he's trying to reveal. If you're a son, God has ordained that you should get the mysteries. Okay. Jesus saying, these guys, therefore I speak to them parables because seeing they do not see. Which means they're seeing physically, but they're not seeing with the eyes of their heart. They're seeing physically, but they're not seeing with the eyes of their spirit because the eyes of the spirit have become dull. They're hearing with their ears, but they cannot perceive, they cannot hear with the eyes of, with the ears of their heart. That's why they don't have an understanding of the mysteries when Jesus is communicating them. So Jesus is actually, the parables are actually not a parable for the sons of God. These are, Jesus is actually speaking plainly. But to the ones who are not children of God, they are parables, they are stories. Okay, what, do, what does this mean? But to us, when we listen to it, line by line, precept upon precept, dimensions begin to open to us because we understand the heart of God and the mystery that He is unveiling to us so that we can become more like Christ. So we must understand here, He's saying, hearing you will hear and not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. Why? It's because the hearts, hearts, the spirit of these people have grown dull. 
So how does the spirit grow dull? It's when you don't allow the faculty of the spirit, which is the conscience. Remember, we're on the series of the conscience. The conscience is the is the mind of the spirit. So it's the thinking faculty. It is the hearing faculty. It's the seeing faculty of the spirit. You want to have you want to see angels in the realm of the spirit. Guess what? You can't see them physically, but you first see them in the spirit. You've got to see them in the conscience before you got you see them in the physical. This is why I'm going to do a school of the of progressive mystics. It's because you must understand that what you see in the physical, ladies and gentlemen, really doesn't exist. What you actually see in the spirit gives you the perception of what is in the physical. This table, somebody natural told me what this is. It's a table. So every time I look at a table, I know what to do with the table. But from heaven's perspective, what is this? Because when you look at it, that's when you'll understand its purpose in the kingdom of heaven. So the same thing with people. When you look at people as, as men, as women, when you look at them as gender, when you look at them as, oh, you know, you're black, you're white, you're green, you're yellow, you know, you're, you're from China, you're from India, you're from, you know, Africa, you're from whatever, from the UAE, wherever you're from, whatever color your skin, all these different the things that differentiate people is actually the reverse way of how God has actually intended for us to receive understanding. See, you, you, you must understand when God was creating the, the tabernacle of Moses, when, when, when God wanted to come to earth and dwell with man, with the Israelites, he didn't give Moses, he didn't say, Moses, okay, just build me a house, buddy. I'll come and stay with you. Whatever you do, I'll come. I'll come. I like you. You're my friend. You build, you, you do your worship song. You do whatever you want to do. Burn the thing and, you know, create the, all those bowls and stuff like that. I like this stuff. You know, yeah, I'll come. You, whatever is on your heart, I'll come. You, you, you must understand how God works. He said, you cannot do anything in my kingdom that is already not in heaven. Whatever is in heaven should be done on the earth. So earth actually doesn't proceed heaven but heaven creates the blueprint for the earth to fill so which means that when God wanted Moses to build the tabernacle for him to dwell he said okay Moses I want you to do something on earth which looks like it is in heaven this is the exact replica of where I dwell in heaven and I want you to do the same on the earth because to me the earth when it becomes heaven is my dwelling place. I now feel at home in, in earth when it is heaven. See, the whole ministry of transformation is to bring transformation on earth as it is in heaven. This is the prayer of Jesus. Father, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which means it is already done in heaven. And now our responsibility as Christ on the earth is to really not mimic, but actually create what is in heaven on the earth. Transform what stopped in the garden. Bring transformation to what stopped in the garden to what it's meant to be in heaven. See, the earth mirrors heaven. Now, you must understand when Jesus is talking about seeing physically, 
your, what you see physically should mirror what you see spiritually. See with the eyes of your heart, when you begin to look with the eyes of your heart, when you begin to look, when you begin to listen with the ears of your heart. Now, as you listen with the ears of your heart, now your hearing changes according to what you hear in your heart. So we must understand that your conscience is a faculty of the spirit. It's the thinking, seeing and hearing faculty of the spirit, your spirit. As the word comes, it comes into your conscience. And if your conscience does not get skilled, then your spirit remains dull. If your conscience doesn't receive the word according to heaven, then your spirit remains under subjection to the soul. I hope you're understanding this. So when you look at what Jesus is saying, he's saying this, verse 12. Therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing, seeing physically, they do not see spiritually what I'm actually revealing. They see me as Jesus. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he said, uh, Jesus, you're a teacher sent from God. Hello, Nicodemus. If you knew who I was, you would say that I was the son of God. And so that's why Jesus would speak differently. He would not communicate like other teachers. He would speak as his father spoke. Because it was your responsibility now to allow your perception to have already been changed according to what God said to you last week before you came to church this week. That's why we do a series. It's, it's precept. When God does something, it's precept upon precept. It's level upon level. He, he doesn't just take you and throw you in the deep end. He takes you from the shallow into the deep. That's the way he works. And so we must understand now, he's saying, hearing in, in, in Isaiah's prophecy, he says this, hearing you will hear and not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull. See, when your heart, when your spirit has grown dull, you don't understand anything that's happening in church. You don't understand anything. Like you, you're sitting down and you're watching the message and your mind has wandered. God, what's for dinner? What's, for, what's the next movie? When, when do we, like what's that girl doing? What's that guy doing? Like, oh man, oh, is she going to call me? Is she going to text me? No, no, no. Forget about the girl, man. Forget about the guy right now. Your, your entire existence depends on these two hours that you spend with God every Friday. It's no joke. It's no joke. These, these, these moments need to be taken very seriously. So when your spirit grows dull, ladies and gentlemen, the problem is this. When God starts doing something, you don't recognize that it is Him. That's a huge problem. That's when you start becoming a follower of a man. That's when you run after your, your people for money. That's when you run after the government and you think they have power to, to give a breakthrough in your life. That's why you run after doctors. That's why you run after lawyers. 
you understand that's why we run after teachers and and we need we all we get into the we get into a a subconscious system because our spirits are dull verse 16 blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear for assuredly i say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it why is because you and i have been brought out of the law into righteousness but when we come into righteousness there's a responsibility of allowing our hearts to remain sharp if our conscience if our spirits are sharp and our, so the conscience when when our spirits are sharp now god can do anything and i pick it up god has a thought i have the same thought why is because i have the mind of christ oh come on when god has a thought for me i have the same thought at the same time why is because my heart is mirroring his heart my ears are mirroring his ears my eyes are mirroring his eyes so what he sees i see what he hears i hear and so once we come into this place ladies and gentlemen we start maturing into christ likeness we start we 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 start developing into into christ and this is really the the secret in how we actually mature like really actually do it physically do it we actually take the word by faith and we allow our conscience to be developed by that word and the conscience now begins to um, to um, equip the spirit and so now when it equips the spirit the spirit becomes sharp and when it becomes sharp now you start living from the spirit rather than living for the spirit have you ever been in a church service where people say spirit come no spirit came 2000 years ago the problem is your spirit is dull so you don't know that he is already here we're praying god collect your presence come no no the presence already come he's in you where you are where you are god's presence is and so now we must understand that there is there's a progression now and the conscience is a, is the master key for you to really understand that the, that your spirit has to become sharp and the way you do it is by sh- by allowing um, the the conscience to practice the skill of applying the word it this is skill it's a, it takes a skill to apply the word you can't just wake up one day and say i'm going to obey the word i'm going to do everything the word says to me to do no yes you can but it takes a skill it takes time to develop the conscience to receive the word and apply it create see the the word comes into the conscience and the word begins to attract circumstances and situations to the spirit when it comes now now the word is tested when the word is tested the conscience matures when the conscience matures now the as the conscience gets skilled then the spirit gets sharp when the spirit gets sharp then now you begin to manifest a matured christ in you It's a deeper level of Christ. You go from level to level every single day like this. You grow from glory to glory, strength to strength, Christ to Christ, faith to faith, grace to grace, only through the word, through the conscience. The conscience comes and boom, 
it attracts a circumstances situation and then after that then it, it as you develop those conscience now you practice the perception you get skilled in your perception when you get skilled in your perception now the spirit gets sharp the spirit gets sharp now you begin to manifest Christ in every circumstance doesn't matter what happens in your life your spirit man begins to overtake the flesh overtakes the soul and now begins to manifest the spirit of God on the earth that's why when when the disciples were walking even the shadow Peter's shadow would heal the sick why it's because the spirit was so sharp on the inside of him that the spirit overtook his his shadow I want you now to pick up the same story in the book of Hebrews I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 5 and I want us to read a, from verse um, 8 onwards so verse 8 he says though he was a son yet he learned he learned obedience by the things which he suffered and having been perfected he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him now I'm gonna get back to this because this is the context of where I'm going okay verse 10 called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing so which means I we'd love to go deep and tell you about Melchizedek and the order of Melchizedek but because you are your hearing has become dull I have to explain verse 12 he says for though by this time you you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God which means there are churches around the world that are constantly on foundations brother let's repeat the foundations let's repeat the foundations let's repeat the foundations because the church needs the foundations hello the church needs the foundations only because the people are dull of hearing their spirits have become dull and because their spirits have become dull now we still you 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 give them the foundation and they are so dull of hearing their spirits are so dull that now we have the enemy comes and takes away that seed and now we have to before we go to the next level we have to do the foundation again because I can't go to the next level until you get it until you manifest the foundation of Christ and you have come to need milk and not solid food hello if you were part of life says global from day one we don't do foundations we go straight to the meat and we celebrate it we don't apologize for it people have said why do you preach such long messages brother you don't understand it takes a long time to dissect a cow you can eat your vegetables really quickly but try eating meat fast you have to chew it you have to take your time and we give you enough of meat for the entire month in one message I don't believe in a poverty spirit I believe that there, that we are, are rich there's a river revelation that flows but I'll tell you something if you are dull of hearing if your spirit is not quickened by the word if your spirit is dull then you will remain where you're at when the pastor has gone the people in your life group seem to have been advanced adva what, what language are they speaking man what is this thing that they're saying I don't understand 
How can you forgive that guy? Like, oh my God, why do you do that? How can you be like this? Yeah, we can be like this. It's normal for us. It's normal to forgive. It's normal to move on. It's normal for us to have a clean conscience. Brother, have you heard of cleaning your heart? What is that? Bypass. No bypass. How do I clean my heart? No, you don't understand. Heart is not the organ. Oh, what is it? Oh, go back to your foundations. Go back to your foundation. Go listen to the message again. Oh, what did he say? I missed it. Yeah, you were in church. But your heart, your hearing was dull. Your seeing was dull. You were watching all those miracles every single week. And now when the time came for you to have a miracle, you're in in the middle of a storm. You're running to the pastor. Please pray for me. When you should have been paying attention to the word that was being released during the testimonies. Because it is the spirit of prophecy. Come on now. So then he goes on to say this. For everyone, now pay attention. Pay very close attention to these words. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Wow. He's saying everyone who is doing foundations now, teach me about grace, brother, please. What is grace? What is the law? Teach me about these foundation things. What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? What does it mean? What is baptism? What is all the what is what does it mean? Resurrection from the dead? What is, what is that? How does that happen? How do you raise the dead? I mean, Paul says these are all foundational things. Raising the dead is foundational for Paul. And so here now the writer is saying, for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled. Where did you hear this? You've got to allow your conscience, the faculty of your perception, to get skilled. Skilled in what? The word of righteousness so which means as a as a christian if you as a as a child of god if you want to become christ-like you've got to receive the word of righteousness which means the word of justice the word that you have been justified you are now justified just as if i have never sinned you're standing before god fully justified the price has been fully paid And you've got to allow your conscience to be skilled in this word. Man, I'm justified. No, you're not, you're not, it's not a, it's not a boosting statement. It's not, it's not like pick me up kind of, oh, I'm having a bad day. Tell me something good about myself. No, ladies and gentlemen, when your conscience has been, has become skilled, it means that you take this word of justice and you apply it in your conscience every single day, every single moment. You don't allow your conscience to move from side to side except knowing that I'm fully justified. For example, if Kelsey and I are at a restaurant and we are having a glass of wine together and you've come from a law background where people have told you drinking wine is not good and now you've stood and you've seen next to us and now you're messaging people saying, hey man, I saw the guy drinking. Shucks, he's, he's an alcoholic. But you don't understand that I'm fully justified before God. I'm not living in the law. I live in grace. And to my conscience, God is not condemning me because I have a glass of wine. In fact, because I'm justified, I have a glass of wine. Because I'm right standing with God, I have a glass of wine. And so what are you going to do about it? See, because you're not skilled in the word of righteousness, 
now you judge someone who is skilled in the word of righteousness but guess what when you judge someone wrongly that measure of justice judgment comes back to you and your situation becomes worse but pastor john had a awesome piece of meat lovely glass of wine enjoyed a beautiful evening did not even know you were there and drove away home really experiencing the goodness of god in the land of the living and you are cringing and i can go home have a glass of wine have open my bible and have a beautiful relationship with god and you will be infuriated how can you do that when god has said no to me now it's not god who said no to you the law told you that it was bad see when you're in grace it's completely different to understand that you are justified and so now he says this that that people who drink milk are unskilled in the word of righteousness which means they're not skilled they don't have a skill have you ever hired somebody who doesn't have a skill have you have you had that colleague around you in the office that you know that just came in without any training without any skill they just wanted the person and so they put them next to you and now you have to train them i've been in many situations like that it takes time for them to understand the psychology of what you're doing it takes time for them to see through your eyes but see god's word does that for us jesus had already done the training please listen to me now jesus had already done the training passed the test and now everyone who believes in jesus now experience what jesus has made available for us so that now because of his training because of his skill development if you believe in jesus now you're positioned in a place where now you live from being skilled not living for being skilled okay so the reason why i'm saying this is because he this is what jesus has done he said he learned obedience verse 8 he learned obedience by the things which he suffered which means jesus they was not just obedient to the father because he heard the father's voice because he loved the father all that kind of stuff when there was no crucifixion there was no persecution there was no test for obedience but only when jesus suffered when he was in the garden of gethsemane when he was sweating blood when in that moment jesus actually learned obedience see we think that we we think that oh shucks man you know i i love people no <laughs> yeah, i'm sure you do but but when you're tested to love do you really love people see what does it what, what does what is the value of relationship when when do you value relationship when the relationship is actually tested but you you actually learn to love somebody when you have a reason not to love that person people say well pastor you know i i don't have money to give my my goodness that is this that is a season for you to give if you don't know how to give when you don't have anything how will you give when you do have everything because everything has your heart and so we see now jesus learned to be obedient by the things which he suffered how many of us suffer every day how many of us suffer persecution how many of us suffer temptation how many of us suffer um, uh, the words that are spoken by people in our lives by friends by family how how many of us suffer every single day 
we suffer in our health, but do we actually benefit from it? See, but Jesus benefited. He learned obedience by the things he suffered. And listen to this. And having been perfected, which means when he learned obedience, he was perfected. He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Which means when Jesus suffered and he learned obedience, because he is Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he's the Son of God. Now he became the author. He, he authored salvation. And what that means is that every single person who obeys Jesus doesn't have to learn obedience through suffering. But actually, you live from His obedience. See, righteousness means that it's not by your works. Righteousness means it was by His works. It's by His works that you stand right before God. So, when you're right before God, it's because Jesus was obedient. So, which means Jesus was obedient and you're obedient to the word of Christ and now you've stepped into His perfection. So, when you step into His perfection, now you begin to live from His skill. You begin to live from His skill. Now, He's saying, He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey. Which means when you obey God's word, when you obey the word of God that comes to you, you allow that word to develop your conscience, to, to get into your conscience, and you allow that word to, to, you apply that word in your life. Guess what? You don't have to go through suffering in order for you to be perfected. You start living from his perfection. That's what it means to be righteous. You're not actually living under the law, trying to gain his righteousness. But you're actually living from the fulfillment of righteousness, from the fulfillment of his obedience to the Father. Right? So now, he goes on to say in verse, verse uh, 14, but solid food, say solid food. Let's talk about meat here now. Solid food belongs to those who are of full age, which means maturity. That is who by reason of use have their senses or the faculty, the senses, hearing, seeing, senses, exercise to discern both good and evil. Wow. Hello. So which means I'm allowed to discern good and evil. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, which means you are in, you're mature now. You've come to the age of reasoning. They say when you're baptized, you know, water baptism, do you know what you're doing? If you know what you're doing, who is your Lord? Jesus is my Lord. Okay, fine. Baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you make do you want to make a public statement of your belief in Jesus? Yes, yes, yes. I, I understand what I'm doing. Yep. It's the age of reasoning. But we get children who are baptized at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old. They've come to that age of reasoning. So he's not talking about people who are gone grey. Hello. He's talking about people who are spiritually mature, which means your conscience now begins to reason. Your spirit and your conscience begin to reason amongst themselves. There's a reasoning, there's an understanding. You have the ability now to listen to God's word and understand. And so he's saying now, those who by reason of use, okay, have their senses exercised, which means you're seeing, you're hearing, and your ability to understand in the spirit has to be exercised. Come on, this is mystical stuff, man. 
you can't you can't go in the kingdom of god you can't look at the physical and say okay that's what god is trying to tell me you can't look at a donkey and say wow that's a donkey and the guy opens his mouth and starts speaking hello you can't look at a, a billboard and say oh well look you know there's a, there's a new the latest iphone is being released on the on the, on the on in the world now and oh wow god is speaking to me about i phone i'm a phone yeah you you know make, people make those connections like that 3 plus 3 equals to 6 and then you know number 5 is the number of grace and we look at all these natural things and we think god is communicating but actually god is communicating first through the spirit he releases a spiritual word into your spirit into your heart and but the thing that captures the word is the conscience but when the conscience captures he hears the word of god in the spirit and he sees god in action okay and he he understands the conscience understands now he begins to apply he gets skilled you get skilled in the word of righteousness which means my god you've got to live every single day developing this skill of being righteous every single day if you are dealing with condemnation then you're not in the word of righteousness if you're dealing with guilt you're not in the word of righteousness you're immature you're processing god's word as a little baby and you need milk now uh, by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil which means now the boundaries of the law are gone there is no good there is no evil the laws are telling you anything is good anything is bad wine is good wine is bad no, no nothing exists Secrets are good. Secrets are not. Nothing exists. It doesn't exist. To a Christian who's washed by the blood of Jesus, the law doesn't exist for him. I'm talking about the law of Moses now. Doesn't exist. I think some people are being set free right now. I love it. Some people are being challenged. What? 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 What do you mean? What? 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 The law doesn't exist. Yeah, the law doesn't exist. Why? Because. you are saved you are you are the lord jesus the bible says that jesus is the fulfillment of the law which means it's fulfilled finished it's done sin doesn't exist for you sin doesn't exist the lord does not come to you and say you can't do this if you do this god is going to be angry with you and god is going to punish you and you are going to face the wrath no finished it's all over breathe just breathe this message is so good breathe man i'm telling you as freedom freedom wow Whew. so pastor i can do whatever i want to do well that means that you're in the law you still don't understand you're still a baby now I can go and I can go and sin and I can do all this sin. Yeah, the fact that you're saying you're going to sin means that you're still under the law. <laughs> What does it mean for a person to discern good and evil? See, there's a difference between discerning good and evil and eating of the knowledge of good and evil. See, eating of the knowledge means I'm partaking of someone's interpretation of their experience of the knowledge of good and evil. So which means if if I had a I put my hand in the electric socket and I experienced I got a shock now I'm going to tell my son hey listen don't do that because it's bad for you 
but he has no he hasn't experienced it so are you telling me to tell your kids to go and put no i'm not saying that man i'm just giving an example <laughs> don't judge <laughs> yeah when they do it they'll just know not to do it again we're going to get into cycling right and so I, i've been trying to understand this whole thing of cycling and all that kind of stuff and i know I, i was remembering the days when i used to cycle you know uh, uh started learning how to cycle and I, and i look at these little children in our community going those little the, those little cycles they make more noise than a harley davidson like i mean i don't understand how it happens but anyways they have these training wheels you know on the and then they look at the little thing they have the pampers on this running on no clothes and just pampers just cycling all the place thinking that they're so free they're so like wow I'm, i'm cycling no you're not cycling you have those little things on the side of you <laughs> and so and so now we they, these little kids they'll and they make all the noise and stuff but actually what's holding them together are those two wheels on the side what are they called training wheels they have these little training wheels on the side that is that is that is helping them balance ladies and gentlemen that was the law before grace the law were the training wheels that kept us from from <laughs> go falling back falling down because because in the in that age when you're a baby falling down can be detrimental to you so now to to not experience all these things in life god had given the law so that human that humanity would not destroy themselves but uh, let me tell you something the, uh, when jesus came he came also on the training wheels and then he took the training wheels off and then he began to cycle without training wheels and then he began to establish the balance that comes the strength that comes all the muscles working together all the eyes and the ears and everything working together and he began to cycle and he just was cycling into the wind he just he just did it all and so now every single person who believes in Jesus does not need the training wheels but actually can get on the cycle and begin to cycle the way Jesus cycles that's what it means to to experience the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil from somebody else's life and actually discern it for ourselves and we sometimes as christians because we came grew up in a law based environment now we tell the next generation to do exactly the same thing that we were told don't do this don't go out after 6 o'clock at night don't do this don't we we create our parents parents in our church some for, for some of our kids are so petrified that they cannot come at at night time at 7 o'clock before the light street lights come on you have to be in the house why wow, what's going to happen no the neighbors are going to see that you're coming with somebody and everybody's going to be talking hello you're just you're, you're immature yes your the fear of man is driving you to imprison your children so good if you raised your children up right shouldn't you trust them yeah. if you raised your that's why children don't tell parents anything because they don't trust why is because the parents still have the training wheels on there's a problem you know it's one thing if you're 4 years old and you have training wheels it's a problem if you're 40 years old with training wheels on <laughs> and it's even a bigger problem you have no clothes and a pamper on <laughs> that's just a joke 
But what does it mean to discern? You have your senses exercised to discern good and evil, which means God is the one that gives you the word. When you receive the word, you are not, okay, I'm not going to apply the word in order for me to now manifest baby Jesus. I receive the word and the word manifests Christ through me. So when I stand before God, I'm standing as Christ. And so now Christ begins to get instructions of how to live life from the Father. If, the, if God leads you to have a glass of wine and he has no problem with it, why are you making it such a big deal? See, we consider the opinions of people around us more than we actually consider what God is saying to us. If God doesn't condemn you, why are you condemned? Who condemned you? Who told you not to do that? Who told you, Adam, not to eat? Who told you that you ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Who told you that you were naked? So my question to you is who told you that it was wrong? Who told you going to a club was wrong? Who told you having a boyfriend was wrong? Having a girlfriend was wrong? Who told you? Who doesn't trust you? Who told you dating is wrong? Who told you that parents have to decide what the children's husband or the, the wife should be? Who told you these things? Where's God in all of this? Who told you that you should not eat carbs? Who told you that? If you eat carbs, you're going to put on weight and then your heart is going to be this and your heart is... No, hey, hello. Okay, just, just, just chill for a little bit, please. God is the one who created all things. Let him lead you. Let him lead your conscience and your conscience will really communicate to you that one glass of wine, two glasses of wine, okay, now enough. See, where do you know to draw the line? Between having, enjoying something and being influenced by it to a point where you are now revealing the devil in your life. You know, when, when your conscience is mature, you'll come to a place of decision does the glass of wine tell me to drink it? Or does the Lord lead me to drink it? See, that's when you're mature. That's when you're living from righteousness. But if you go to a buffet and the, every dish on the buffet table is telling you, eat me, put me on your plate. Oh, look, I'm tasty. Eat, I take all of it. You paid money. Paisa vasul karo. That's the... <laughs> make most of the money that you have because you're not going to get food tomorrow. That's when, you know, you're, you're immature. You're, you're living your life with the, with the training wheels. You're fenced in. You're in a little playpen. You know those children that are in a, in a sand pit with the playpen around, they can't go over it like that? That's Christians that who live in, on, in the law. But what if all those boundaries were broken? What if they didn't exist? What if the law doesn't exist in your life? That's when your conscience begins to lead you. 
That's when your spirit begins to lead you. That's when, you know that moment when people take off the training wheels and they say, John, go for it. Go for it. Really? I won't fall? Go for it. Even if you fall, just go for it. And I remember the first time I actually cycled and the training wheels came off and I took off. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go, gonna go, gonna go, go. I fell down. And then, you know, my friends came and they, they took the blood from my knee and they put it on the handlebars and they were like, come on, dude. Now it's like blood on the handlebars. Now you can do it. And I was like, yeah, I spilled blood for this thing. And now I'm gonna, and then I cycled and then I never thought about it. See, everything that God trains you in, he equips you with a purpose for his kingdom. And when the training wheels come off, ladies and gentlemen, he, God wants you to try things. God wants you to come out of this safe church environment. And he wants you to go into the world. He wants you to hang out with people, not just Christians, hang out with people. Even if they abuse, even if they drink, even if they smoke, you don't have to do it. You can sit down with them and enjoy their company and don't try to convert these people. We don't believe in conversion. But just enjoy these people. Listen to the music that they listen to. Don't try to play Christian music. Hey, listen, I have to, I'm a Christian. I cannot hear anything else except Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Come on, man. You have to mature. Mature. Don't be such a, you know, thorn in people's flesh. Because I, I really believe that Christianity has, has taken such a sour taste in people's mouth only because Christianity, immature Christians are still living under the law. Claiming to be in grace. But when your conscience is matured, that's when your spirit begins to lead you. See, the Bible says, those who are led by the spirit are the sons of God. You must understand, that's what your conscience communicates to God. He testifies. He's a witness. But we have to come into this place where we understand Jesus is saying, hey, listen, if you want to understand the mysteries, the purpose of the mystery is for you to be Christ-like. What is the intention of your heart today? What are you actually doing with your life? Is your life all about eating, drinking, smoking, eat, all that stuff? Or is it about being Christ-like? Is it about being transformed into the image and likeness of Christ? And I really feel like you're at a crossroads right now and you've got to make a decision. And that decision is not to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior because it's not your decision to make. He chose you before the foundation of the world. But your decision right now is, do I continue my life as I am? Dull? Really hard of hearing? I don't understand what this guy's saying. I don't even hear what he's saying, man. Is my spirit dull or do I have the intention in my heart to sharpen my spirit that when God whispers, I hear it. See with Elijah, you know, he was in this place in the cave when there was a, there's a storm, there's wind, there's, there's rocks that are falling, there's earthquake, all those noises. But he was attuned to the still small voice. And that still small voice speaks to your conscience. And when he speaks to your conscience, does your spirit catch on to that word? Does your conscience exercise that word? You can exercise the word from the law or you can exercise the word from righteousness. 
and I'm going to leave that with you today. I want to leave this right here because I really believe that that is a question for you to answer. But while I'm doing this right now, I'm seeing a couple of things that the Lord is revealing. That some people are carrying heavy hearts right now. Heavy hearts because you've lived your life without realizing this revelation. You've lived a majority of your life and you're thinking, man, if I knew this before, God would have done, I would have done such awesome things in my life. But I want to tell you that God lives outside of time and He can He can quicken. If Abraham can have a son in his old age, you can do wonderful things even in this age that you have. And God is about to do something phenomenal through your life. I'm seeing people beginning to experience maturity right now. As I'm speaking, as you're, as you're receiving this word, your heart, your conscience is beginning to get formed according to the conscience of Christ and your spirit is getting sharp. Even in your sleep, your spirit is still awake. I want to I wanna declare over people right now who have a desire to dream, have a desire to see in the spirit. Right now, if you have a desire, I just want you to stand up wherever you are and I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. Lifting your hands physically uh, may, is just a physical sign of surrender, but it's a physical expression of a, your heart that is completely surrendered to God. And I just want to pray over you right now. For every single person that is standing right now, wherever you are, with your heart completely, surrendered to God and open saying, God, I want to see you as you are. I want to hear your voice as you are or in heaven, so shall it be on the earth. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just release you from the law. I release you from a stony heart. I release you from a dull heart. I release you from dull hearing, from dull seeing. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I release you with a spirit of understanding, I release a spirit of understanding over every single person that is watching. Over the waves right now, I release a spirit of understanding, a spirit of excellence, quickening in the name of Jesus. That every single person will be quickened by the Spirit of God. You'll turn from mortality into everlasting life right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that the Spirit, your spirit is awake right now. Your conscience has been awakened, quickened right now. I declare that you will begin to exercise this word. You will get skilled in the word of righteousness. You will exercise your senses with the word of righteousness and you will become sharp in the spirit. I declare this right now in the name of Jesus. I declare right now, I'm seeing a person who's having issues just in their diaphragm right now. They're breathing, having breathing difficulties. If that's you, just begin to breathe right now. I'm, Take a deep breath right now. I'm seeing a person who, whose diaphragm used to get stuck, right, while they're breathing. You breathe, you're taking a deep breath and it feels like your diaphragm gets stuck. I'm seeing that muscle being gets, getting stuck like a spasm in the diaphragm. Right now, the Lord is releasing peace into your diaphragm. He's releasing peace into your lungs right now in the name of Jesus. You're healed right now in Jesus' name. I declare you're healed right now. I'm seeing a person who's in a wheelchair. The doctor said you had a stroke and you're in a wheelchair and right now in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of that wheelchair right now. Right now in the name of Jesus, come out of that bed. Para paralysis will leave your body now in Jesus' name. Eyes will begin to heal. I'm seeing the person's left side beginning to come back to normal in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus, cancer is leaving people's body right now. I'm seeing a person who having, who's having, who's been diagnosed with brain cancer. Right now in the name of Jesus, I command every cell in, that, in the brain to, to, to begin to be transformed right now. I release life into that brain in Jesus' name. Cancer, leave the body now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
In Jesus' name, right now. Shakarabo tande rabo kalarabo shate dedede. Shetalarabo korabal nereba shetarabarabarabedede. People asking right, right now in the spirit, I'm, I'm seeing people who are asking the question, how do I do this? How do I? I really understand what you're saying, but how do I do this? And it's just so simple. First thing is to believe. Don't question the word, believe the word, receive the word, believe the word and every opportunity that you get, apply the word. Be vigilant. I right now, I pray for people whose attention, you have a, a, a small attention span. The world has said that you, you have 30 minutes attention span. But I want to declare the kingdom of God has no time limit. You can go as long as you need. You have, we strengthen, we lengthen right now your attention span in the name of Jesus. With the spirit of understanding. It's just falling on people right now. Spirit of understanding. It's just, it's just growing in people's minds right now. Whew, spirit of understanding. Wow. It's going to be beautiful church. Church, we love you. We bless you. If this is your first time joining us and you want to be a part of our family, get on that connect chat. Get a, get, click the link right there uh, and get on it. And we'd love to see you after the service and connect with you. And if you need more prayer ministry time, we have an awesome team that will be ready to pray for you. Click the link. And, and if, if you're not um, being ministered to and you need to wait, just wait for a few minutes while somebody else gets ministered to uh, and, and you'll, be, you'll have your opportunity to, to get ministered to. We love you, church. Man, what an awesome church we are. I'm telling you, 26th of this month is an awesome day. For life groups, it's going to be an awesome day. So keep that date in mind. Uh, you'll hear awesome things through your life coaches, okay? So we love you, church. Kelsey and I bless you. We declare long life over you. You are sharp in Jesus' name. You have a sharp wing. Have a skilled perception in Jesus' name. Bless you. Love you. Bye.